I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119, Psalm 119. In this Word of God chapter that we overviewed last time, we're going to start in the first stanza, verse number 1 through verse number 8, where the Bible says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Now, we've said that there's synonyms in all but four verses of the 176 verses that are in this chapter. In verse 1, we see, Blessed are the undefiled in the way, one of our synonyms, who walk in the law, one of our synonyms of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies. There's another one. And that seek him with a whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Now, by my count, that's 10 in the first eight verses. 10 times that we are dealing with the Word of God. And by listening to the sound of the verses, do you get what's going on here? The, the key word to this particular set of eight is obedience. Blessed are the undefiled in the way. The word undefiled, without blemish, the upright, and certainly God wants us to be blameless and upright. He talks about he's going to present us that way in the New Testament because of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, they were to walk undefiled in their road of life that God had put them on. The journey that you and I are on, that God put us on through his word, we are to be undefiled as we walk that way. Because blessed, happy, fortunate, well-off, are they that keep. The word keep means preserve. It has the idea of a watchman who's on guard. It's someone who has had something entrusted to them. 
Well, we've been entrusted with the truth of God's word. And we are to keep it not only in our mind, but in our actions and our attitudes. God's word is to be kept wholeheartedly. In fact, the next uh, set in the second stanza will continue to talk about this wholeheartedness. He said, blessed are they that keep, that put this guard around his testimonies, meaning that that which God has testified to through his word in our hearts, that is what we are to keep, put a guard around. We are to obey the word of God like holy, undefiled people, okay? We are to keep his testimonies. And it says, blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him, with the whole heart. The word seek has everything to do with looking forward, examining, seeking out. I mean, we're not just waiting for it to come to us by osmosis. We are digging it out. We're seeking it. And we're doing it with a wholehearted attitude. I'm thinking of Caleb who said, I wholly followed the Lord. And friends, you can't live for God if you don't wholly follow him and expect to have the good things of God. A wholehearted Christianity is what's needed. Obedience. You're going to have to be undefiled, be obedient as you walk in the law of the Lord, and you'll be happy and well off if you will put a guard around that which he has testified to and seek him constantly with your whole heart. Put your whole heart into it. I mean, there's nothing better than to see Christian people that are gathered together in worship who are wholeheartedly wanting to be there to worship the Lord. Those are the best services there is. But my friend, why does it have to be related just to the service? What about your home? What kind of home would it be if all in the home were keeping his testimonies and seeking him with their whole heart? What about if you just where you went were seeking with your whole heart, you would stand out in a crowd as someone that is totally unique and different. Verse 3 says, they also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Here's the idea of this. When you are living for the Lord like you should, I mean, you're not going to find yourself doing the wrong. You're not going to find yourself in the iniquity because you are walking in his ways. You have set your journey, your course of life, your mode of life. You are going his way. I'm going that way, the songwriter said. Well, the way I'm going is his way. And there's no iniquity when you're walking in his way. You have to get out of the way. You have to do that which he's asked you not to do. Go where he's asked you not to go. Say what he's asked you not to say. Then you're not in the way anymore. So they do also do no iniquity that walk in his ways. They are absolutely obedient. That's their character. We teach our kids songs. And I love this, you know, the songs that kids sing. But I wonder why we call them kids songs sometimes. Because we sing the song O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E obedience is the very best way to show that you believe my friend that's not for kids only that's for every born again christian we must obey i love the song that ron hamilton wrote in the past the pirate series uh to listen to your mother and your father 
Never make him give an order twice. Follow their instructions. Quickly answer yes. Uh, hearken. It talks about to delay is to disobey. And I love it. It says, I will obey the first time I'm told. I will obey right away. Those are the things that God wants us to do, to be obedient. He said to obey is better than sacrifice. The obedience to God's word is the number one thing of the Christian life. See, the Bible's big theme is salvation. But for those of us who are saved, the big theme is obedience to his will, his word, his way. Then we get to verse number four. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Now he's going to restate it in this way. And he's basically going to say, yes, obedience is what you need, but I'm requiring it. I'm commanding it. This is not a suggestion. I am commanding, I am charging you to put that guard around my precepts. Now here he's using the the synonym for the word of God that has everything to do with the inscribed word. See, we have the inscribed word in our life. We have it where? In our Bible. We have the very written word of God. They inscribed it on the stones and tablets and the parchments of their day, but it's written in our hand. We have the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. And my friend, you and I have got to keep guard those precepts that are there and we need to do it very diligently the word diligently has everything to do with greatly mightily do everything in your might and power to put the guard on those precepts and when he gave this requirement the very next verse goes like this Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Wow. Wow. If, if only I was just keeping your statutes, if just my ways, if I just wasn't on the road that I'm supposed to be on, if my journey could just be directed, established, set forth, and it would be directed to put that guard upon those very statutes, those decrees, those ordinances that those precepts have. You see, the very core, the very awesome word of God, the very being of God's word is that we learn, we live it, and we obey it constantly. That we put that guard on it so there is no way in this world that we want to slip from it, turn to the left, turn to the right. We want to stick with it. And I can can you can you see the longing of the psalmist? He he's writing under inspiration of God. Blessed are the undefiled in the way. They're not walking the wrong way, they walk in the law of the Lord. And blessed they are that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us. He's saying you've commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. And after saying that, after writing that down, the psalmist says, Oh, oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Whose are they? They're his. They're not mine. 
It's not the preacher's statutes. They're God's statutes. And he's saying, oh, I just, I wish that I would just get my life on the right road and keep it on the right road with a guard on there so I don't end up off into the ditch just guarding thy statutes. Do you know what he said after that? He said, because then, then shall I not be ashamed. Wow, isn't that awesome? Man, I'm telling you, the last thing we want to do is be ashamed, confounded, confused. When I have respect unto all thy commandments. We, we don't respect laws much today. In our culture, we've gotten to where we don't respect laws and we hardly respect lawmen anymore. And the sad thing is, that is getting more and more transposed into life to where we don't like leadership. We question all authority, any authority constantly, even if we know that the authority is absolutely 100% correct. We're being taught you don't have to do, you can just do your own thing. And it's now crossing over into the very Word of God. The Word of God's not authoritative. It doesn't have any authority over me. God doesn't have any authority over me. Does God even exist? Do I even know who God is? And there are those in this world that are, say, they're atheists and agnostics and they want anything to do with God and God doesn't have anything to do with their thinking and their process and their worldview. And what happens is we get this idea that we do not have to respect the very laws of God. After all, we don't have to respect the laws of the land. Why do we have to respect the laws of God? Because, honestly, the laws of our land come from the laws of God. In fact, I remember hearing a judge one time say that with the exception of the state of Louisiana, which was uh, a state under French law, uh, he said that the uh, laws of the United States pretty much fall under the laws that you find in Leviticus and Exodus. And it's very interesting that uh, one judge, and this is, goes back a long time ago, I, guess, I think it goes back to the 90s, it might have been even the late 80s, but there was a judge that was doing a swearing in of those who had passed the exam and were going to be sworn in as citizens. They'd done everything that they were supposed to do to become citizens of the United States. And there was a big group of them. And the judge made this statement. If you'll get a copy of the Ten Commandments and follow them, you'll have no trouble with the thousands and thousands of laws that are on the books in the United States of America. Wow. What a statement. Well, the psalmist said, oh, man, I, I'm just awed. Oh, oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes, because then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments, not some, all thy commandments. I want to ask you a question. First of all, do you have respect for God's commandments? Do you have respect for the word of God where he is directing and commanding us how to live life? If not, you're going to have a problem living the Christian life because God's ways are not my ways and God's thoughts are not my thoughts and he has a different way of seeing things and by the way he sees perfectly clear he sees absolute totality and he knows all the pitfalls you can trust him even where you can't trace him so the psalmist makes it clear then I'll have respect unto all thy testimonies all thy commandments I mean the very things that you say. There's a praise that then follows this. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. 
when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I'll praise you. That's my will to do. I am going to praise you. I'm going to praise you with the uprightness of my heart. In other words, the psalmist says, I'm going to get my heart right, and with that right heart, I am just going to send forth in praise. And that's what the psalms are. They're praises to God. They're singing to him. But he said, I will do that when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. Now, the word here is a very awesome word in the Hebrew. It's called lamad, and it means to teach to learn. The idea is that there is a teaching that you are getting. There's a teaching with understanding. When I shall have been taught and got it, thy righteous judgments. Now, watch this. Because he went from precepts, the principles of the Word of God, to statutes, the very engraven Word of God, to the commandments that he has commanded us to do that are written and engraved, and he said, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments, which is taking all of that and realizing that if we don't do what he said, if we don't learn his righteous judgments, if we don't get that in our heart, then we will absolutely fall on our face and be in trouble and have God's judgment against us. We will get his righteous verdict and it will be against us. But when I learn that your righteous judgments, meaning he never judges wrongly, he always judges right and correct. He Listen, in a court of law, I, I can't say uh, that I know all the facts. There may be things that lawyers finagle to keep out. When the time comes that a jury makes a decision, I would say that almost hardly ever does the jury have all the bona fide real facts they have to have enough facts in a criminal case that they can agree that there is no reasonable doubt in a civil case there has to be enough facts to tip the scale over into favor of one party of another just one percent is all it takes 50 50 won't get it 51 to 49 will but not in a criminal case and so here he's talking about the righteous judgments God always has all the facts there is never a point in time when he doesn't have the facts in fact I would like you to consider something there is never a time that God never has all the facts and he has all the facts about you before you even know what's fixing to happen. When an event occurs where you mess up or sin, before that day ever comes, God already has the facts before you know that there's even going to be a case. Okay? That is God's righteous judgments. So he says, when I have learned and got them in my heart, the righteous judgments, those sentences and things that come against when I do wrong and those things that go right when I do right, when I get that learned, man, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. There's a resolve here. And this resolve 
is to do right. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. back in the 60s used to preach on that, do right. And he, he wrote a book, and I read it many, 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 many years ago. And I'm going to try to remember, I believe it was something like this. Do right, even if all of hell's battlements are aimed at you, ready to fire. You just do right anyhow. Do right if all the stars fall out of their silvery sockets. Do right. He even went on and said, if you will make up your mind that you're going to live by one principle biblically, live by the principle of do right. The Bible says, therefore, that him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. Do right. If you're going to do right, and you're going to put everything through the lens of do right according to the word of God, you'll be in a lot better shape. I love what he said. He said, it's never right to do wrong. That makes sense. But he went on and said, it's never right to do wrong in order to get a chance to do right. And there were people in the Bible that would say, yes, this is wrong, but we'll get the chance to do this. And God says, you don't do wrong to get a chance to do right. You just do right. I can look at some people that nothing bad was said about them. Daniel's one of them. He just resolved to do right. He said, I'm not going to defile myself. I'm not going to be a smart aleck, but I'm not going to defile myself. I'm not going to mar who I am in the Lord. He decided to do right. Stephen did right. He got stoned for doing right. It's amazing how many times our Lord was uh, taken and his words were trying to be twisted. They could never do it. They, they tried to throw him off a, a cliff because they were mad at him. He walked right through them. They were always at him. Why? Because he was doing things that were right, and it was making them look bad. He said, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. Then he comes with this incredible resolve verse, verse number 8. I will keep thy statutes. He said, I'm going to praise you with this uprightness of my heart when I've got it all learned. Uh, I'm sticking in the Bible to, to low it. I'm going to know your righteous judgments. Therefore, I will keep your statutes. That which you have written down, that which is engraven, I will keep them. I will put that guard. I will guard them with everything that I have in me. But he did not say that with a smart aleck attitude. I'll keep it. I'll never mess up. Man, I, I know all these other people will mess up. I'm looking forward to them messing up. I know they're, I know, but I'm okay. I'm not going to mess up. I've got it all together. My feet, you know, it's called the holier than thou syndrome. This was not just a resolve, but it was a resolve that had a caveat with it. Look with this. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. You know, the psalmist understood that he could mess up and he didn't want to do that he said i'm going to keep your statutes don't leave me all to myself don't leave me all alone don't don't forsake me utterly completely totally you know what he's saying here he's trying to remind you and i that he cannot keep this resolve to obey the word of god unless god helps him i need you lord i need you how are you going to be able to keep the Word of God, the commandments of the Word of God, if you're not in it? How can God speak to you if you're not in it? Now, in the next section, we're going to deal with the fact that he's going to tell us to put it, the Word in our heart so he can speak to us from the Word as we get it in our heart. 
So yes, he can do that, but we have to first get in the word so the word can get in us. I'm going to say that again. You have to get in the word of God for the word of God to get in you. Then the Lord can bring it back to your memory. The Holy Spirit can guide you into that truth, teach you that truth, and bring it back to your memory. But the whole idea of this first stanza is that we are undefiled, walking in the law of the Lord, putting that guard. How many times did he say we are to guard? Blessed are they that keep guard his testimonies. He said thou hast commanded us to keep guard thy precepts. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Do you see how many times that he said that in this first eight verses? The, there's no question that the resolve and the reason for this first eight verses is that this Word of God chapter begins with a bang. Be obedient to it. The song as it was sung, stanza number one about the Word of God. I want to keep it. I want to live it. I want to love it. I want to learn it. I want to grow in it. I want to do what's right. Be right. I trust that that is your desire as well. To love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, might, and soul is going to take knowing who he is and growing in him through the very word of God. When we go to the next stanza next time, we're going to be dealing with this cleansing of our way and keeping ourselves clean and not getting away from his commandments as we progress through this book or this chapter psalm 119 i hope and pray the word of god will become more and more real more and more alive more and more your daily walk your your necessary food as the phrase is there in the book of job and it is my prayer that you will dig in to dig out to put into your life and guard so that you can then live out in obedience the very commands of God father in the name of Jesus the only name through which we find salvation I pray that our lives will be all about your will your word your way what you want our love for you our desire to serve you, our desire to understand you, to grow in you, to know more about you. May we dig in the Word of God. May we let the Word of God cleanse us, help us, change us, direct us, encourage us, admonish us, correct us, and even chasten us. I pray, Lord, that we would live in it and live it out through us so that others will see Jesus through our own testimony of who you are. They will see a correct picture of you because we've seen the picture of you through the word of God. We know who you are. And we'll thank you for it in the sweetest name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton. Have an absolutely awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe.
have been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.